welcome to Meet the Artist Interviews. I'm your host, Cecilia Beam, and I'm the Adult Education Coordinator at San Francisco Ballet Center for Dance Education. I'm pleased to welcome our audience here at the beautiful War Memorial Opera House. Today is Tuesday, February 27, 2009. And I'd also like to welcome our online listeners who enjoy our podcasts. Select podcasts of Meet the Artist Interviews will be posted throughout the season. These interviews are produced by the San Francisco Ballet Center for Dance Education. To find out more about our education outreach programs, including this year's community lecture called Rethinking the Ballerina, presented by Stanford professor Dr. Janice Ross, and the Points of View lecture series, please visit our website at www.sfballet.org. This evening, I'm very, very pleased to welcome my guest, principal dancer Tina LeBlanc. Hi. And esteemed ballerina, I'll add as well. Well, it's been announced. It was in the Chronicle. We all know. Guess I have to stop now. (laughs) (laughs) I agree. So, your final season with San Francisco Ballet after 17 years. Very bittersweet, but um, a great, great career you've had, 27 years, 17 years here. So are you getting a little nostalgic? Yes. My emotions have been a little bit on a roller coaster for the last couple of weeks and, you know, tearing up during the rehearsal of the gala, you know, things like that. Um, Yeah, I'm very emotional. It's... Uh, even though I'm ready, it's a very difficult step. I remember Muriel Maffray talking about, um, she used the word trauma, uh, when she was talking about her impending retirement. Of course, she's still dancing. Um, I'm sure you're very reflective now and looking back at, at your um, very successful and wonderful career. And Can you think about a project that you're really proud of when you look back and and think about it? You know, I've been at this for so many years that um, it's kind of hard to even pick anything out of it. I mean, it's all kind of a blur of people and ballets and places and theaters. And um, it was such an incredible time. And, you know... (laughs) For, while I was at the Joffrey, I got in so young that I was always the baby. Even after I got into the company, and I had been performing with them for a few years in Joffrey too, so I entered the company, and there were still people being hired that were older than me. So for a very long time, I was the baby. And then I left there, you know, 25, and, and I came here, and then, boom, it's all gone. <laughs> it's like, what happened? Where did all that time go? It's, it's all happened. You're so in the moment that, you know... It's kind of hard to to rethink. I, ha- I have to go back and look at pictures and go, "Oh yeah, I remember that," and, or the costume or the music. I'll you know I'll hear music and I'll start feeling the steps before I know what piece I'm doing. It's like well, I know I've done this. What is this? <laughs> so it's all it's all kind of a blur. Possibly after you've had some more free time because you're so busy now, you'll have some thoughts and, and, and do some reflection on that. And I'm sure there was a lot of special relationships that you've had over the years uh, throughout your career. Um, any come to mind that, that you'd want to talk about? Well, so many partnerships that I've had. I've been blessed with all the wonderful partnerships that I've had. Um, I Starting with Eddie Stirley, who unfortunately passed away before his 23rd birthday, but 
he was so young and so talented, and we were right on par at such an important time at the Joffrey. And then coming here and dancing with David Palmer and Christopher Stoll and Gonzalo and, you know, I mean, and of course all the guys in there now, Joan, and people who are still here, I've just been so, so blessed. I mean, I see people fight with their partners or, <laughs> or not have a good relationship with them. And I think, oh, that's such a shame because it makes that dancing on the stage so much more special when you have that special connection and, you know, you're striving for the same thing. Having had such a successful career, I just realize that it takes a certain kind of temperament to have a long um, and wonderful career and a happy career. Obviously, you have that kind of temperament. And can you tell us how that's kind of changed over the years um, through maturity? Again, you kind of talked about you were always the baby, and then now you're the most experienced um, ballerina. Um, You know, it's funny in our business because you're forever the student. So I think that um, the people who get the furthest are the ones who consider themselves the student and not finished, the ones who can still learn and still delve into a part or a personality or, you know, learn something from a choreographer or a teacher coming in. So in that way, um, you, have to, you have to stay very open and, um, you know, not be offended if somebody offers up a criticism. I mean, because you always have the choice to take it or leave it, <laughs> but just to be open to that. Sometimes you won't agree, sometimes you will. So, um, I think for temperament, it's just important to to stay open and realize that nobody knows everything, and you can learn something from everybody along the way, you know, no matter how much you like them. <laughs> I, I would want to tell young kids that, first of all, but others too. <laughs> um, I think with my maturity, with having done this for so long, finally this year, no, it started a little before this year, but I've... I've actually gotten to the point where I feel I can take the upper hand and tell something to some of the younger ones. Say, hey, if you do it this way, or, you know, I just noticed this. You might want to (laughs) know, stuff like that. So I feel like, you know, the ballet masters and mistresses do a great job, but they can't see everything. So I take up the slack. (laughs) What will you miss most once you have some time to... She was telling me that she's going to be exploring some pottery and some other exciting uh, opportunities. You know, there's there's a lot of it that I'm going to miss. I'm, it's a love-hate relationship with the actual work because it can really take its toll on your body. Um, sometimes it's hard to drag yourself in in the morning. But on the other hand, when you when you get your body to a place where it's working really well, there's nothing like it. So I'm going to miss it, but at the same time, I'm going to be happy not to drag myself into class every day. Um, I'm going to miss, obviously, performing. That's the top. That's, you know, what you strive for. That's why we're doing everything we're doing is to put it on the stage. And that goes right from the dressing room through the warm-up, backstage, you know, the silent theater, and then the build-up before curtain. Um, the, all of that, the excitement. It's going to be really hard to, to be an audience member for a little while. One last question about your career and where you're heading, and that is what will you not miss besides kind of just the physical exhaustion piece? Well, every place, no matter where you work, it's going to have some politics, you know, so I won't miss that so much. (laughs) (laughs) 
it's a very unique thing what we do and I feel fortunate to have done something that I've loved you know with a passion for so long I mean most people I've watched so many of my peers retire and my younger sister and even though like I said even though I'm ready to let go I really will miss it let's just talk about uh, where we are right now this season and uh, what still excites you about dancing and what's exciting for you this season well, we've got, well, obviously you know about the new Swan Lake. That's really exciting. Um, we've been having hordes of costume fittings and wig fittings and all kinds of stuff. So it's it really, it's going to be fun to, to dress that up again. Um, we have Lilac Garden coming into the rep, which is a very different way of moving for us. It's much more contained. It's not so free. And, and it's a lot of emotion, but it's kind of, you know, uptight. You know, it, it, there's very restrained. So I'm looking forward to doing that. Um, of course, Ruby's is always lots of fun. And uh, Golden Hour, which you've seen, you saw last season. Oh, Mark Morris, yeah, his, his evening. That'll be a lot of fun. Do you get nervous before performances? I hate to say that after so many years, I still get nervous. You would think, you, you know, you would get used to it. or I, I've learned to deal with it, for sure. But... Um, I still get nervous. How do you deal with it? I'm always interested. Well, there was a time in my life where I let the nerves get the best of me, and it, it was a detriment to the performance. So once I realized, okay, well, that's just stupid. It's what I'm here to do. Why would I you know, go and ruin my own show? So there's a way of you know, calming yourself down. and not, you, don't, you can still get excited. You don't want to take the excitement away. But you, you can't let it get so... There's less pressure than you think. You know, it's live performance. Anything can happen. You have to kind of go with the flow. So what's next after uh, May? Well, ever since I was pregnant with my second child, um, Helgi and I have been talking about me teaching in the school because I, I expressed an interest. I like to work with kids. I've always taught since I was a kid. And um, it's funny because you learn more about yourself. You learn more about the actual technique of dancing when you're teaching somebody else. So I've really enjoyed that, and I like the eagerness of, of young students. So um, for five years now, we've been talking about me entering the school. What kind of teacher do you see yourself now, and what kind of teacher do you hope to be or be perceived as? Really mean. <laughs> <laughs> no, I got the most from a teacher at a time in my life that was very, very optimistic and very encouraging, very insistent. Um, you know, she wouldn't settle for less, but she was always encouraging. And I hope to pass that on. You don't want to give kids false hope, but you want them to keep pushing and keep trying and not beat them down, which in generations past has, you know, been handed down. I'm sure some of you have read about the abusive nature of some of the um, people in charge, but we don't see as much of that anymore. I've witnessed some of it in my past, but you know it's just detrimental to the to the person, to the dancer, and so I don't want to be that. But I I do want to be encouraging and helpful, and and I hope that somebody will look at me someday the way that I look at this teacher that that took me to the next level. Now, you've been out on some of the um, tours to um, look at students' potential for the summer program. What's that like? What goes on? What are you looking for? You know, it was a real eye-opener because 
so many young girls take dance and so many have dreams, but you don't realize how many are out there that will never make it until you go out on some of these audition tours. I mean, there's, I think I saw 340 kids in two days. And on one level, you have to say, whether they become professional or not, this will add something to their lives. It's a physical and mental discipline, and they can take that and what they learn and how they approach something to any, anything they do in their life. And I have to keep telling myself that when I go, no, 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 maybe. <laughs> it's, it's a little disheartening, but at the same time, when you find some real talent, um, it's very exciting. Then all you have to do is lure them to your place because <laughs> the really talented ones get offers from everywhere. What kind of attributes um, does the really talented have when you see them in class? You know, they come in all shapes and sizes. I look for good proportions, of course. And you look for a decent leg line and foot line, but more importantly, you look at if they can dance. I, I looked at this one little girl who had the perfect little body. I mean, perfect, and the pretty little face. And she started to move, and I went, oh, oh my goodness, <laughs> we can never undo that. <laughs> you know, it just, um, she had so many bad habits and wasn't strong, and I just had to mark her off, no. But, you know, you look for a nice body, but more importantly, you look at somebody who can move well, who's coordinated, who has rhythm, because sometimes somebody won't stand out during the bar, and then all of a sudden they get into the center, and your eye is drawn to them because they can dance. So it it's kind of goes every which way. Must be a fascinating experience seeing all those children. Well, let's open it up to questions. Yes, sir. This gentleman remembers um, Tina's um, opening night in the ballet night and asking about that ballet. That was an incredible experience for me because uh, it was the first time working with Julia Adam, and she is, you know, a huge personality. I mean, she's so much fun to be around. Even when she gets really stressed, she's the first one to say, you know, I can't handle this. I mean, she's, she's very open about it. She's a lot of fun. But she also has her own way of moving and her own ideas. So working with her, um, you know, so much of it was parallel or turned in and flexed and bent and, you know, not what I would view as pretty. So I really didn't have any idea what it looked like. And I remember the first rehearsal that we did, the pas de deux, which was to recreate sort of the feeling of flying in your dreams. And Joanna Berman watched. And, and I, again, I had no idea what it really looked like. And when we finished, I was like, oh, what, do you, what do you think? And she loved it so much. That gave me a little bit of confidence that what I was doing was along the right lines. But um, I think I had, I had so much fun, and that was the most important to me at the time, but then opening night, I mean, of course, we always worry about how it's going to go over, but we really were not ready for the response it got that night. When the curtain came down, we were all kind of like, wow, wow, I, I think that's for us. <laughs> you know, it was, it was really surprising, but um, it's, I hold that piece really close to my heart. It's definitely one of my favorites. Yes, sir. Um, the question is about how to engage um, little boys and how to get them involved in dance. And, and with your participation in the ballet school, how you might be involved with that. 
Well, as one of the big ballet schools, we actually don't have a problem getting boys. But when I go around for the auditions, I realize how few there are. It's because we get the cream of the crop that we have so many. You know, it's, it's kind of a problem with our society because so many people view it as a female art form. And it's not. I mean, what they do up there is so difficult. And if only all those men knew that they could be around all those girls. <laughs> if only they knew that. But I think more than anything, we just have to expose young kids. That's why I think the student matinees are so important, because the kids come and they get to see boys look, you know, they still look like boys and they do manly things, but it's hard and it's, it's graceful and it's beautiful. So hopefully just exposing them will get more people, more boys into it. But like I said, we were lucky because we're one of the bigger schools. I mean, I remember growing up, we always had to import our boys from, you know, some other studio, a bigger studio. So... This woman has an interesting idea about Gonzalo coming back to, re to do the last act of uh, Don Q that you missed because you were injured. Was it two seasons ago? Yes. Of course I'd be more than open <laughs> to the idea of him coming back. I don't think I want to do Don Q. <laughs> I want to steer clear of that one from now on, I think. <laughs> but, um, yes, what I had with him was very special, and for that to have happened was just... I mean, the minute I went down, I just kept thinking, rewind, rewind, <laughs> just a few seconds. But, you know, no undoing that. Is there a question over here? The gentleman asked a question about um, the change in your demeanor from maybe being a little nervous and then blooming into smiles. God, I can't, I can't imagine me not smiling. It kind of happens when I go on stage. But, um, you know, the, the first year that I was here, it was such a change for me coming from where I was coming from and the way that we were treated and uh, rehearsed there. It was almost the total opposite. So it took me about a year to really find my, myself, find my footing, and be confident in what I looked like. Um, after a little while, I started going, okay, no, I can do this by myself. <laughs> Not that I was by myself, but they're a little bit more hands-off than what I was used to. The question is, do you have a favorite role that you danced and why? There have been so many. There have been... Uh, I don't know if I could name them all. I don't know if I'll be able to think of them all. But um, besides the full lengths, which are always such a challenge, um, some of the ones that I did at Joffrey I still hold very dear. L'Air d'Esprit, which I did in the gala a couple of years ago. Green Table was an awesome part to do. La Femelle Gardet, which I actually did do my first season here. Then once I got here, again, many, many roles. Um, oh, how can I name them all? Well, Night, of course, is, is very dear to my heart. Um, other dances I really adored doing. Theme and Variations. Square Dance, um, Tchaikovsky Pas de Deux. There was a, a solo Helgi Dirami quartet. Really loved doing that. There's, there's so many along the way. It's, it's kind of hard to, to say one. Questions? Yes, ma'am. Yes, she, um, she was asking how much the ballerinas have to do with teaching a man how to partner. Um, well, I think... 
the experienced ones obviously can help more because they're going to want they're going to know where they need to be or what feels right whereas some of the younger ones might not realize what will make it right and sometimes even i don't sometimes i need um a more experienced guy to come and help or helgi he was a very good partner so sometimes he helps but i'd say it, for an experienced ballerina a lot I think a lot because every body is a little bit different, but you know what's going to make it look the, your body look the best or what's going to feel most comfortable. So, um, yeah, they have a lot to say. I think we have time for just uh, one more question. Yes, sir. Uh, the question is, was she ever asked to dance a role that she was a little skeptical? Is maybe that the right word about? I suppose there were a few along the way. Um, well, the first one, oh. You're going to laugh. My first year in the company, I think because they didn't want to pigeonhole me right away, they wanted to see what I could do. So I learned a lot that first year. My first day, I walked into the studio, and they said uh, it was for Agon, which is a leotard and tights ballet, and it has that wonderful pas de deux. And they said, you're learning Muriel. And this was the, you know, the tie him up and twist the legs up here, pas de deux. And Muriel, of course, is 5'10". And I was like, uh, are you sure? <laughs> no, I didn't ever do it, <laughs> but I did learn it. <laughs> um, that was the first one. But also some of the Billy Forsyth, I kind of go, really? Me? Oh, I'm not sure about that. <laughs> I'll give it a shot. <laughs> well, Tina, it's been such an honor to watch you over the years, and we're going to really enjoy you this season, and um, we wish you all the very, very best this season, and, and of course in the future and thank you so much for entertaining us all these years thank you for having me thank you